Welcome, everybody, to Answer Choice E, all of the above, and our pillow fort. Yes, we are currently being very mature adults, recording in a blanket slash pillow fort for better audio. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. We have one microphone (laughs) between the two of us. So, we're in a pillow fort, and it's really comfortable. If I fall asleep, I apologize. Pretty great. I like it. I know. And you can already hear our sound quality is much better. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. We tested it out quoting vines. Yep. <laughs> Despair and sadness in my voice. <laughs> How are you? How's your life? You know, been better. Um, we had to postpone this episode uh, for family emergencies. Uh trying to figure out the like best way to say it but my dad passed away so that wasn't fun yes all of all of the good happy positive thoughts are going your way and to your family yeah it was actually it was really rough I'm not gonna lie but basically my whole family was there he's been sick for a while but he was really young. But my whole family was there during his last day because we knew it was coming. Um, so that was cool seeing everyone together. We had at least 100 people come in and out of our house that day. And most of them stayed the entire time. Yeah, yeah it was a lot. Um, and we have already like planned for the funeral, which... Wasn't as hard as I expected because we got a lot of stuff done and we were making jokes and telling like stories from our memories mm-hmm. the whole time. And so that's awesome. Not trying to get mushy, but you know, it's okay to get mushy. You deserve to get mushy. Get yeah. mushy if you need to. Yeah. It becomes steamed broccoli. <laughs> yeah, it was. We'll be okay, but true. So that's why this episode's a little late, and I apologize, but you can't play in this stuff. No, and it's totally, totally acceptable for it to be late. And I'm sure everyone understands. Yeah. So, been better. I'll get better. You know, I like doing this podcast, so it helps me get a little happier. So, yes. how was your week? Tell us about your life. Oh, well, um, it's, it, uh, you know... <laughs> I'll do considering. Uh, we replaced a fridge today. Oh, please tell. Oh, okay. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know where to start. So our fridge broke. What about your new fridge? <laughs> oh, so you're trying to get me there. Yeah. So uh, we got this new fridge, right? Well, obviously, you have to assemble the uh, the handles on the fridge because you don't want them to break when they're shipping. So my dad had just broken himself to get the fridge in, but he got the fridge in. He was magical. Um, 
So I started to assemble it. And I went to go put on the handles to the fridge. Well, the bottom two had the screws on for you to place the handles because it's like the French door. It's one of the fancy ones. It's the French door fridge with two drawers for one for fresh produce and the second one for freezer stuff. Well, those two had the screws to put on the bar handle, but the French doors didn't. And we're missing the screws. So we don't, we have a screw loose basically, but four of them. Four, four missing screw looses. <laughs> and my mom tried to call IT and all this stuff because she's amazing and wonderful. And I didn't want to do it. <laughs> right. And my dad was, you know, debriefing. So <laughs> she was on line, like talking to customer service for like four hours. Oh, my God. To try and get four screws <laughs> to go into our fridge. And now we have to wait four to five days to get these screws so your fridge doesn't have handles on the front doors <laughs> no only on the bottom two things so we're gonna have to take those off which i worked so hard to put on and then move them like move the screws up to the two french doors it's so ridiculous just for four screws and we don't know where they are that's great <laughs> i don't think we ever had them to begin with i'm sorry you're struggling the struggle bus is real man and it's packed <laughs> full of things but right. it's, it's fine it's whatever um <laughs> <laughs> do you want to start the trivias i would love to. no wait do you have any royalty stories I'm a queen. <laughs> um, have you gone? <laughs> I have not gone. What is your favorite royal person to learn about in history? Uh. <laughs> Why? Why? Oh, the queen of Hawaii was a pretty. Yes, she pretty was cool a thing rad to... queen. Yeah. What about you? King Arthur. Oh my gosh. I mean, I as expected. I love King Arthur. I know. If you want to know any stupid fun fact about me, Sarah Louise. It's not stupid, but okay. It's pretty funny though. I read Mist of Avalon, which is a really graphic, in-depth, but not like proper, I guess. Mm -hmm. No, it's proper, but it's not the traditional version of King Arthur. I read that book when I was like... In sixth grade, uh -huh. seventh grade, uh -huh. and I should not have read it in seventh grade. I read a lot of books I shouldn't have read when I Me did. Me too. In my junior high, there were some racy books that yeah. I didn't know were racy, and they were all about like people that could. It was kind of like Animorphs, but for adults. Oh, sounds weird. I know, but I, and I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me. But it was like. A bunch of books written by the same author, but it wasn't a series, but they were all similar. Yeah. And they got racy. And I was like, this is a secret. I can't tell anyone. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, it was kind of like that. Yeah. But, like, old English. Ugh. And I read it, and I loved it. But um, King Arthur is my favorite royal person of all times. And That's great. he might be real, so it's fine. He might be real. We don't know. Exactly. It's like uh, Robin Hood. Yeah. So, um, as we've said, we are doing royalty this go-round. 
We'll never be royals. Royals. <laughs> you can call me Queen B. B. Wait, you go first. I do go first. So, trivia one. Okay. In Irish folklore, what is not in the repertoire of a druid? So, like, what? which of these is not a job that a druid did? Robbing. That's not an answer choice. <laughs> a, a druid is a magic user. B, a druid is a priest. C, a druid is a teacher. D, a druid is a judge. Or E, a druid is a philosopher. So which one is not in the repertoire? Judge. <clears throat> magic user. Well, they used fancy herbs. Not like real magic. Like bippity-boppity-boo magic. Oh, I was thinking real <laughs> I was like, I got this. <laughs> well, I mean, like a druid can't cast spells. No, but they tried. Yeah, they were not actually magic users, and I can talk about that more later. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Ah. Okay, your turn. That was even kind of along the lines of King Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways. What is the Queen of England's full name? Oh Lord! <laughs> well, I know, I know her her like actual last name. Yeah, I. That's why it's in most of them. I don't know. Tell me, Elizabeth Ann Matilda Windsor. <gasps> yes. <laughs> B. Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor. Um. C. Elizabeth Mary Ann George. Georg. Georg. <laughs> D, Elizabeth Emma Margaret Windsor. Or E, Elizabeth II. That one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. I like how you stuck with like E, A, M, W for two of them. <laughs> e, E, M, W for the other one that ends in Windsor. That's why. Because I know Windsor is the last name. <laughs> I'm gonna say answer choice A, Elizabeth Ann Matilda Windsor. Close. Ah, uh, was B? Yes. Ah, uh, that was my second choice. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Her full name is B, Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor. That's great. I know. That's I like, awesome. I like the Alexandra. Yeah, that's my cousin's name. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, we'll go to my trivia two. It's, it's I'm sorry. <laughs> um, trivia two. On what form of Japanese currency is Mount Fuji depicted with its image reflected in the water? So we got <laughs> 500 yen. That sounds so magical. 1,000 yen, 2,000 yen, 5,000 yen, and 10,000 yen. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... Um, it's a lot of zeros. <laughs> it is. I know. Just A, B, C, D, or E. D. D? Uh-uh. No. It was actually B, a thousand yen. Aww. So it's on the back of their currency. It's a, It's like a, like a, it, I don't know if it's paper or plastic, but it's kind of like our dollar bill. Um, so on the front, there's a guy, but on the back, there's an image of Mount Fuji. And it's really cool because it reflects into like a lake below. Whoa. So it's. Like two Mount Fujis. The second tallest volcano in the world. I know. I, I was know like, that one. I was like, 
We're going to have a tie-in. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. What day is Holy Cross Day? <laughs> Every day, BB. A. July 8th. B. February 29th. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? Because that's a day that only happens every four years. <laughs> we only celebrate the cross on leap year. Answer choice C. October 30th. Answer choice <laughs> I see. I see what you've done. <laughs> Answer choice D. December 25th. Or answer choice E, September 14th. <laughs> Let me see. Um, well, July 8th is today. <laughs> it's, it's today, right? Yeah. No, or is it yesterday? No, it's today. It's today. So, <laughs> February 29th happens every four years. October 30th is the day before Halloween. This is Halloween. This <laughs> December 25th, Ikrima. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I'm going to go with September 14th. Yeah! Yay! I deduced correctly. <laughs> that would have been really funny if it was on leap year. Right? Like, we only celebrate the cross every four years. We don't have time for every year. <laughs> it's such a radical holiday. Yep. <laughs> Uh, what? Nothing. Okay. Okay. We gonna go into my story. Y- yes. Z- stories. Z- Z- <laughs> Let go. Stories. All right. So I'm going first. Yeah. My story's long. Yes. I have how many pages? Uh, front and back. Eight. So, you know. <laughs> you know how you know. it go. I have two stories. The first one's relatively short. I drew lore. Yes. So, I have I love some, that. I love me some lore. Some, I'm like, sorry. I am so sorry. I'm just moving around a lot. It's fine. <laughs> it's so, totally fine. I have an Irish folk tale. Yes. And a Japanese fairy tale. Yes. So... Um, the first one is the Irish folktale, and I found it on BetsyCordwell.com. And this is a story about Nessa slash Essa slash Ness, the warrior queen. That is me! It's a pretty good story. I'm so, so excited. Tell me, tell me. We're just going to hop on into it. So there's a lot of a lot of different versions of this story, because that's how folktales do, you know? Um, that's how the folktales tail <laughs> yes <laughs> so there's a lot of versions um but one thing that a lot of them have in common or at least most of them have in common is that the story starts with a young child name that that doesn't have a name at the time because they're abandoned right no there's a young child that's abandoned uh she is found and she's adopted into a band and i think this word is pronounced fiana F-I-A-N-N-A. Okay. So she's found and adopted into a band of Fianna, or Fianna, which is a warrior band of ancient Ireland, right? Like, rock and roll band? No. (laughs) It's a group of wandering warriors. (laughs) Warrior cats. Yes. (laughs) No. Actually, in this group of uh, 
warriors, there were 12 men who found uh, this child and instantly, like, adopted her. Good. They adored her and they loved to dote on her. Oh, my god! So she had 12 dads. That is so fun. <laughs> and they named her Essa, uh, E-S-S-A, or E-A-S-A, depending on where you're looking. Because Essa means gentle, and she had a very sweet and loving nature. I love her. Yes. You're going to love her. I'm like, so fully. excited. So one day, this druid, who we talked about druids are like teachers and priests and stuff. I'll cover it more later. But his name, I'm going to pronounce it Cathbad. But in the original, like, Celtic, it's pronounced Cathvod. Okay. Which is kind of hard for me to say. Cathvod. Uh-huh. But it's spelled Cathbad, and that's how a lot of people actually do say it now. Okay. Um, so he was a leader of another band of Fianna, and according to some versions of the story, she's actually Essa's brother. But, like, she doesn't know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was her brother by birth, um, and he kills all of her father's. What the heck? Okay, druids are supposed to be nice. Um, Druids are supposed to be gentle. They're supposed to be healers. (laughs) And he said no, and that's not okay. Yeah, so... That is not okay. You don't do that. Calf bad. Yeah, so... But he's really stealthy and good at doing that, so the authorities can't identify him as the murderer, right? And so here's where I'm going to pause it and talk about druids just for a little quick little second because I really wasn't sure uh when I hear druid my brain goes straight to D&D because I'm the nerd that plays Dungeons and Dragons and so I think of someone who's like in tune with the forest and can use magic and turn into animals and stuff like that right that's the fae version of it right yes but in Irish folklore they're kind of like that because they're they are like concerned with the natural world and the powers of the natural world and they consider trees sacred but they're more kind of like priests yeah they're said to connect people with the gods um but they were also like teachers and scientists and judges and philosophers and so they were really powerful and respected they kind of led people you know not him (laughs) well he had his own band that he was leading well you know I don't like that band. I'm going to unsubscribe. I know, right? Not follow. I'm leaving a bad review on Yelp. (laughs) Yes. So, because he was a druid and these druids are really highly respected and stuff, it makes me think that maybe they did know it was him, but they didn't do anything about it, you know? That's even worse. I know, but that's not part of the story. That was just my brain. (laughs) So, back to the story. Essa, the sweet and gentle princess among rogues, doesn't take well to all 12 of her dads being murdered. As you do. So she decides someone needs to deal with Cathbad. And, well, she was there. <laughs> she was like, guess this is my job now. So she makes her own warrior group of Fianna, right? Uh-huh. And she seeks vengeance on Cathbad's army. And she is very ruthless. And she becomes really well known as like a BA. Yes. Queen. Go. She is renamed Nessa, which means not gentle. Uh. (laughs) Right? Uh. So 
One day, Cathbad corners Nessa when she's alone and without a weapon and says that the only way he will spare her... What, what do you think? Rock, paper, scissors. If he no, wins. It's so much worse. Oh, rats. Is if she marries him. That's disgusting. He is trash. <laughs> and remember, some people say... That's, That's even worse. He's smelly trash. <laughs> so he's um, trash that you forgot you threw tuna in. So, and I've done that. She says yes to save her life. To save her life, she says yes. Um, after they get married, he asks her to bring him some water from the river, and when she brings the cup, he sees that there's a worm in it. So she was like trying to mess with him, I guess, trying to get him to drink a worm, and so he tells her to drink it. Right? So, this is where it gets a little weird. Okay, the worm wasn't already weird. (laughs) So, Nessa gets pregnant. And according to the story, the worm is what got her pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Gives birth to a dragon. Not like a worm, like a dragon worm, like an earthworm. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> Wrong kind of worm. <laughs> so, yeah. Other versions actually have her getting pregnant by one of Cathbad's rivals. So okay. all in all, the child's not this dude's. <laughs> right? Worms. But she's never blamed for infidelity in the stories. So, okay. Yeah, so she gets pregnant, but it's not Cathbad's. So... Uh, when she's pregnant, she starts. She's traveling and ends up going to labor on the banks of a river. This river, ooh, the name of it is spelled like Conchabar, like C O N C H O B H A R, but it's pronounced Krahor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Conchabar I turns lo- into Krahor. I love Scott. Krahor. Anyways. If you could change your fit. If you had the chance to change your fit, <laughs> would ya? To change your feet. Change your feet. Anyways. <laughs> would ya? And so, no. when she's in labor, about to have her BB, another druid runs up to her and says, Wait. Wait until tomorrow. <laughs> so because she got pregnant by a worm yes. and now she's. The waiting and labor. This dude says, wait. If you wait until tomorrow, your child will <laughs> share a birthday with Jesus Christ who has not been born yet. <laughs> Jesus Christ, superstar. He's joining the band. <laughs> so, like, Jesus had not even been born yet. If but this druid is like, wait. change your labor, <laughs> would you? <laughs> yeah, so... Do you want your child to have a birthday on Christmas? So this so, guy wait. was also like a fortune teller. Apparently. He was a prophet. So she just holds in her baby. <laughs> <laughs> like just hold, holds in, in this child so he can be born on Christmas. So she has the baby and she names him Krahur, spelled Conchabar. <laughs> And soon later, uh, Cathbad dies under mysterious circumstances. And now that Nessa gave birth to his quote-unquote heir, she becomes the undisputed lady of Cathbad's lands. Right? Right. But she's not done. 
a few years later, the High King begins to court her. And Nessa is pretty smart. And so she's like, I will only marry you if you let my seven-year-old son be king for a year so that his future children can call themselves children of a king. Right? Yes. And so the king's like, I don't know. And he talks to his advisors who are like, he's only going to be the king in name only. Like, he's not going to do harm. Like, why not? So he becomes king for a year. And through her son, Nessa implements popular policies and like a bunch of them. So at the end of the year, whenever he was supposed to like give the title back, all the people insist on keeping this boy as king. <laughs> boy. <laughs> and they threaten to revolt if the old king comes back into power. That's really sad. I know. He's like, he takes one year vacation, comes back, loses his job. Yeah, and his livelihood. <laughs> and, and everything he's ever known. Oh, I know. So the old king shortly dies. <laughs> and Nessa no. and her son live happily ever after. Oh, my gosh. The end oh of Nessa's gosh. story. So. Well. Yeah. She's pretty BA. I like her. So here's on to my longer one. <laughs> The one that took the most pages. This is the story of the bamboo cutter and the moon child. The moon child? Yes. It's a Japanese fairy tale. And I actually got this from a... I found the book online. Uh-huh. Um, it's a book titled Japanese Fairy Tales by... I don't know if it's Yei Theodora Ozaki. It's Y-E-I. Okay, it's probably yeah, um, yeah, yay. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm dyslexic. This person with the last name Ozaki. Uh, Miyazaki? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I found the whole story and it's very detailed and stuff. And I tried to make like a Spark Notes version of it. Spark Notes. So the story starts out with an old man who cuts bamboo for a living. Okay. Right. He was poor and was sad because he and his wife had no children. No. Right? Isn't that sad? So, one morning, when he chose, when he was like, that's the bamboo I'm going to cut for today, he noticed a really bright light as if the moon had risen over the spot. That's a quote. UFO. <laughs> yes. One of the bamboo was glowing. <laughs> that's not <laughs> what bamboo normally does. So, he walks up to it. Wait, you don't have glowing bamboo in your backyard? Wow. Only sometimes. <laughs> so he walks up to it and he sees that there's a hollowed out bamboo stalk. And there was a tiny person that was three <laughs> inches in height. This is an alien. <laughs> Stop giving away my stories. <laughs> so they were. <laughs> it was a little person, three inches in height and very beautiful. So, what he thinks is, this is a gift from heaven, <laughs> meant to be my child, because I'm no. old and want kids. No, that lady will stay in the bamboo. <laughs> leave, the, <laughs> leave the tiny person in the bamboo. I would be like, this is an alien coming to abduct me uh, and my It sounds family. even more like aliens the more I go on. Just wait. Oh, oh no. So, he's like, this is my kid now. I've claimed this little beautiful baby. <laughs> what, do you, 
<laughs> the baby. Because <laughs> he was like, this um, is how the bamboo do. <laughs> he was like, this is where I work every day. This had to have been left for me. This is my child. This is only for me. And so he takes her home to his wife and they vow to raise and protect her. From then on, every time he went out to cut bamboo, he would find like gold and precious stones in the bamboo. Right? So he wasn't. Sure. He ended up not being poor anymore. That's what I do. <laughs> I would cut bamboo if I kept finding gold we'll and cut precious that bamboo. stones. So he becomes a rich man instead of being a poor, sad old man. He's now a rich man with a baby. Well, kind of a baby. So three months pass, and in that time, the child grows really quickly. <laughs> she becomes a full-grown girl. Uh. <laughs> and I don't know if that means, like, full-grown girl is in, like, a 10-year-old, or full-grown girl is, like, a 20-year-old. Yeah. Her parents dress her up in really beautiful kimonos, and she is always, like, behind screens and stuff, like, if she was a princess, so nobody could gaze upon her beauty. They're being selfish with her beauty. How dare they? But get this. She continues emitting light. Like, just her. So, like, at nighttime, her house would look like day. So me, because I'm so pale. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so white, I glow in the dark. I mean, girl. (laughs) So, yeah, she glows in the dark. And She doesn't need the glow in the dark stars on her ceiling. She already does them. (laughs) She is the glow in the dark stars. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So, apparently, I don't know if this is, like, a Japanese culture thing, but they have, like, a time period in which they have to choose a name for this kid. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything ever. So, they were like, we got to choose a name. Yes, I think that's right. And so, the there's a name giver who was mm-hmm. really celebrated in their area. And they called upon him, and he gave her the name Princess Moonlight. Yes. I'm really sorry. But that's just, you know, obvious. Right. She glows in the She glows. Time. She's kind of pretty. Let's go. <laughs> so, it was a big deal that she got a name because they celebrated for three days. <laughs> and all of the friends and family came, and they that's were like. That's what my parents do every weekend. <laughs> And they're like, wow, she's really the most lovely. Yep, that's me. That's you. <laughs> um, so lovely, in fact, that news of a beautiful young lady spread across the land and many suitors wanted to claim her hand or even just see her. Yes. So first they were creepy and just kind of chilled outside the fences, <laughs> looking through the holes to try to see her walking around. <laughs> like they were straight up, like kind of stalkers. Kind of? Like they weren't. Near the house yet. Yet. <laughs> Anyways. So eventually they approach the house and they're like, let's talk to her. But her parents were like, no. <laughs> so It's like that deflection thing where they're like running up and you're just like, no. And you cast out your hand and they fall away. Yep. So eventually most of them left and gave up. All except for five nights. Five nights at Freddy's. <laughs> No, it's K-Nights. The Knights only grew more and more determined after they were turned away like a normal person. So they waited without (laughs) meals or sleep. They waited in the sun. They waited in the rain. Stop! They tried writing letters to her. They wrote poems. 
but they never received a sign she had received their writings. So winter passed into spring and spring passed into summer. Yes. Stop. These people are insane. Yeah, but they just waited. So they kept calling out to the old man to be like, let us see her. (laughs) But he simply responded that she was the daughter of a moon god and he could not make her do anything she didn't want to do. She's a freaking alien. You don't deserve her. So the the dad had kind of considered himself like a foster parent. Like he was like, she's not my like real daughter, so I can't make her do anything. Like, no. If she wants to be introverted and reclusive, she can. I, I kind of think that's cool, though, where he's like, I'm not going to make my daughter do something she doesn't want to do. I am totally down for it. Yeah. So finally, the five nights, they left. But <laughs> they... Went home and they were like thinking about her. <laughs> they were like, hmm, how do I get her to listen? Ew. So they prayed, they burned incense, and they knelt before their household shrines. Uh, pretty much everything they could think of. And eventually they came back. <laughs> they were like, please, 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 <laughs> please, 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 hello. They were like, we've waited for so long and we haven't eaten or sleep. We waited in snow and and rain and shining suns. And they were like, we've been through it. Let us see her. And uh, they were like, it'll all be worth it if you just let us see her. And the old man caved. He was a romantic at heart. And he longed for his daughter to find love. And he really did feel sorry for the knights. So he went to his daughter and he asked her... um, and then she was like, wait, <laughs> these people were outside this entire right? time? She's like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> so he asked her if even though she always seemed to be a he- heavenly being to him, would, sh- would she do anything he asked of her? And she said there's nothing she wouldn't do for him and that she loved and honored him as her own father and that she didn't know what happened before she came to Earth. So she's like, I love you, Dad. I'll, I'll do anything for you. And he was really, really happy, and he told her that he always wanted to see her safe and happily married before he died. So he begged her to choose one of the five nights after meeting them, right? No, choose anyone but the creepy five. So she was like, I have no desire to get married right now. (laughs) Like, I want to wait for that. Yeah. And he goes on to tell her about how he found her as a little tiny person, (laughs) and a little tiny person in the bamboo. Yeah. So he explains that he always knew she was more than a mortal woman. And he goes on to say that, you know, she does make the ultimate choice and he won't force her to do anything. But he asks, you know, who will take care of you when I'm gone? You know, he's worrying. So he asks her again, please just meet the knights. She's one to marry. She answers, um, she's kind, it's kind of sad. She's like, I don't think I'm as beautiful as everyone says so. And that even if she does choose to marry one, they don't know her. So they might change their mind about her, you know. And she goes on to say, she doesn't know anything about the knights. And even if her father says that they're worthy, she wasn't really sure herself, you know. True. So her father agrees that she's being reasonable. But he asks, like, what kind of man are you willing to see? <laughs> Me. He's like, I don't think these five men who have waited on you for months, like, I don't think they're lighthearted and just passing by. Like, 
and it's he, not just a passing fling. No, he's like, they've been outside our house since winter. <laughs> they haven't been eating or sleeping. What more do you want? And she's like, some normal person she who goes, will just love me. She goes, I'm making a test. Stop. I'll make a test. <laughs> Um, so she says the five knights have to prove their love by bringing her something she's always wanted from other countries. Okay. Right? Yes. So the knights return and the bamboo cutter, you know, praises them for their patience and gives them her message. And all five accept the trial and agree, like, that's a great plan. It'll help keep (laughs) us from being jealous of each other. So five knights, I'm going to go through all of them real quick and what they're going to try to go get. Knight one was asked to go get a stone bowl that belonged to Buddha in India. Knight two was asked <laughs> to get a branch of the tree from the summit of the mountain of Horai, H-O-R-A-I, by the Eastern Sea. So this tree, apparently, the roots were silver, the trunk was gold, and the branches bore white jewels as fruit. So she wanted a branch, right? I want a, I want a whole tree. Right? <laughs> I'm going to plant that with my glowing bamboo in my backyard. (laughs) And my bamboo that gives me gold. Yes. So the night three, she was like, get me the skin of a fire rat. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. Stop. Night four, she said, all right, this one's an easy one. You ready? I want the stone. Oh, by the way, the stone radiates five colors. But I want this stone... And it's carried on the head of a dragon. It's a real easy one. (laughs) And night five, she said, I want a shell. A shell that is in the stomach of a swallow. (laughs) How do you know so much about swallows? (laughs) European swallow. Okay. An African swallow or European (laughs) swallow? What is the air velocity of a swallow? African or European? Oh, I, uh, mm. The old man was like, wow, these are hard tasks. I feel really, really bad. But he knew she was not going to, like, change her mind, so he went and told them. And they were all like, oh, my God. (laughs) They were disheartened and disgusted. That is a quote. (laughs) Me. (laughs) At the seeming impossibility of these tasks, and they went home. They were like, nah. After a while, they thought about the princess and the love they had for her. So they decided, we'll try. They haven't even seen her. I know. They don't even know know. what she looks like. Oh, This isn't even like Tinder. (laughs) No, it's bad. They can't even just swipe left. So the first night is like, tell the princess, I'm about to set off for this bowl. But he did not have the courage to go all the way to India. So he went to Kyoto and bought a really expensive stone bowl from a priest wrapped it in a cloth of gold, and then waited three years. He then returned and <laughs> was like... That about right. Yeah, he was like, mm, that's about how long it'd take to get to India and back. So he's like, here's your bowl. Here's the one you asked for. Did she um, know? So she ain't dumb. <laughs> she thought, you know, he came back way too quick. And she unwrapped the bowl, and it didn't shine the way... She expected it to, so she knew it was fake. She turned the night away and refused to see him. She expected it. Well, like because I guess shine how she expected it. I think there was like so she knew. Yeah, I think there was like legends about this bowl like 
shining. Really shining. She's like, I shine, so it's possible. Yeah. So the second night, this is stupid. The <laughs> second night didn't want his parents to know he was going on a journey for this girl. <laughs> so he told them he needed a change of air for his health. He could disappear for months <laughs> waiting outside her house. Yeah, but... But didn't want his mommy to know. <laughs> didn't his mother to know that he was going on a trip. Right. And his favorite rocket ship. Yep. So <laughs> he so sent word to the princess saying, like, I'm starting my journey. And he only allowed his servants to accompany him halfway. And, oh, this is the one who's lo- looking for the branch, by the way. And, um... <coughs> He sent them back after halfway, and then what happened was he paid some carpenters to build him a house in such a way that nobody could get in. And he shut himself in with six skilled jewelers, and they just tried to make a branch. (laughs) Like, is this what she wanted? Because everyone told him Mount Horai wasn't real, just like a fable. So he thought, like, this is the only way. So he journeyed back. When they finish, and he, like, really put on a show. He tried to make himself look weary from travel and all that. And so when he returned, the old man was deceived. And he really convinced the princess, or Princess Moonlight, to see him. Uh, So the old man was deceived by the dude. And was like, please just see him. (laughs) And she was like, no. (laughs) And she looked sad. The old man took out the branch and thought it was wonderful. And he talked up the night. He was like, wow, this guy's great. Look at this. <laughs> look at this. And look Princess at- Moonlight was like, no, it's fake. <laughs> he, came too ba- he came back too quick. Ew. And so when the old man asked the knight, like, well, it's your story. How'd you, how'd you get it? He was prepared. <laughs> and he had this long, drawn-out story of, like, all this stuff that happened he and just, how it was hard and there was a storm and all that. Like He like, he just monologued John Denver's <laughs> Colorado Rocky Mountain High. Stop it. <laughs> he monologued it. So, very dramatic. And then, the jewelers show up at the bamboo cutter's house. Stop. Yeah. He never paid them. Stop. (laughs) So they were really mad because they had spent over, like, I don't remember if it said, like, a hundred or a thousand days working on this. So they were really mad. Um, so basically, that's that on that. The second night is out. (laughs) Because they were like, we made this. He never paid us. Like, I hate that. How do you but get... But Princess Moonlight paid them. Because That's she felt good. bad. That, you know... Right. So they got paid, but... She knows number what two she is, needs. Yeah. You know, she knows she knows her, herself. Yeah. The third night, this is a really quick one. He had a friend in China, which is where the fire rat is supposed to be. Uh-huh. So he just writes them. He's like, send me this can of rat. Or the fire rat. Get, just send it to me. <laughs> he didn't even go. He was just like, hey, dude... And his friend was like, yes, fire rats totally exist. Here you yeah. go. <laughs> so the whole point of a fire rat is that they don't get hurt by fire. So they're like fire resistant, right? Okay. It's not like it's on fire. It's just like they don't burn, right? 
So mm-hmm. he gets the skin. I don't know if it was like in the mail or something, but he gets he gets the skin from his friend, sends it to the princess, and she just up and throws it in the fire to see if it burns, and it does. No. So she's just like, "You're no. a liar and a scoundrel. <laughs> You're a liar and a scoundrel." <laughs> she's just like, "Um, no." no? You didn't even try. <laughs> These other ones tried so hard. So, the fourth night, uh, he's the one looking for the dragon with the stone on it. So, yes. he sends all of his servants out to go look for this dragon. And it's like, don't come back until you found it. Okay. So, they all just go on vacation. <laughs> they uh, just leave. And never come They're back. They're like, alright, we won't come back until we find it. Bye. <laughs> And so the knight is like, they're going to find it. I'm going to get the lady. It'll be great. Like, so he's like, they'll find it in no time. So he starts decorating his house for when the princess moves in. (laughs) And then a year passed. He tried. "Um, He trusted way too hard. (laughs) He's like, uh, where are my guys? Hello? Hello? So he's like, well, I guess I got to do this. So he took his last two men and hired a ship and told the captain to search for the dragon. Uh-huh. And the crew was like, uh, no. Dragons aren't real. But eventually they set sail and there was a really great storm that lasted so long that the knight just gave up. He was like, no, that's too much for me. He's barely even away from port. Yeah, so he became really angry and he blamed the princess for his unfortunate, like, Watch her be like, he, 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 he caught me. He was like, she just wanted to kill me, so I'd leave her alone. And she's like, yep. He's so (laughs) angsty. (laughs) He is me. He's like an angsty teenager. (laughs) He's 13. So the last night, the the fifth night, um, who was looking for the shell that was swallowed by a swallow, (laughs) uh, he failed. He couldn't find it. (laughs) That's literally all the story said was like, he didn't find it. So, eventually, word of the princess's beauty spread all the way to the emperor. And he sent one of his court ladies to go see if she really was as beautiful as they said. And if so, he's like, I'm going to make her a lady-in-waiting. So, of course, as the story has gone on, Princess Moonlight's like, "Mm, I'm not going to see her. (laughs) That's so sad. And she said that if she was forced to go to the palace against her will, she would vanish from the earth. Okay. Yes, so the emperor, upon hearing that, was like, I gotta see her. Ew. <laughs> so he goes to the house. Uh-huh. Like, the emperor. And he just walks straight in to see her. Stop. He doesn't ask. He's, He's like, like, I'm the emperor. This is my house. So she Sorry. tried to run away. But, so so he saw her and was like, oh my god, she's beautiful. She tried to run away. But the emperor's like, no, 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 listen to me, listen to me. And he, um quote-unquote, fell deeply in love with her. Bet. Upon sight. Yes. <laughs> and begged her to I come. I mean, the others fell in love with her. <laughs> Not even upon sight. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, come with me to the court, and I'll give you a position of honor, and I'll give you anything you wanted. <laughs> like, Elfie, come with me ew. to the Emerald City. <laughs> so she stops him and's like, if you make me go, I will turn into a shadow right now. <laughs> And she starts to fade, like, as he's looking at her. And he's like, oh, God, please, no. And she's like, I will use my I will alien go. powers. I will leave pronto. 
And he's like, I will leave if you stop fading. And like, she's like, okay, great. Yeah, he's like, goodbye. You're beautiful. I love Please you. Please come back. <laughs> like, <laughs> And so he leaves. And although she didn't want to see him, he would write to her. He would write songs That's and so letters and poems. But she responds to him. Whoa. Like she sends him She's stuff like, back. You know, all I've just ever wanted was a pen pal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a husband. Right. I need a pen pal. <laughs> so she's like, You're pretty cool, but I'm not planning on marrying anyone. <laughs> like, I just need you to know that. She goes, I like my independence. Yeah. So the old man and the wife noticed that she would spend many nights just staring at the moon. Okay. Like for hours. <laughs> and one night she was found like She needs a hobby. Yeah. She was found weeping as if she was heartbroken. and I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> and he asked her, like, please tell me what's bothering you. The dad did. And she was like, you're right. I don't belong to Earth. And my time here is short. Okay. She tells him that she belongs to the moon. And that on the 15th day of August, her friends from the moon were coming to get her. <laughs> If she isn't an alien, I don't know what she is. So her parents. She's aliens. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Her parents were like, or her parents were in the moon world and she had forgotten about them. Oh my gosh. She didn't really want to leave Earth. So the emperor found out and was like, I'm going to send my armies. (laughs) So he sends 2,000 warriors to watch the house on August 15th. The day she was supposed to be leaving. Okay. And they were all like really trained archers and they watched the entire house. And the old man's like, no one gets to sleep tonight. Um, we're watching her. Okay. She doesn't we're watching get- her watching the moon. Yeah, like this the moon fine. messengers ain't getting my princess. And so um she was like, That's not gonna work, but you can try. And she um Told the old man and his wife that if she could, she would want to stay with them into their old age. And the night turned into dawn and they thought it was over and that there was no more to worry about. Then suddenly a cloud formed around the moon. (laughs) And the cloud came to Earth. And the cloud said, hello. No, a chariot came from out of the clouds. Oh. And uh, there was a being in it that was like, we go in. (laughs) We like hop in, <laughs> we we go in. So they were like, "You did something really bad, and so you were punished by being sent to Earth." But you don't remember. Yeah, they were like, "You did something bad, but we sent you here. We knew the old man was gonna take care of you. Like, we even gave him like gold and stuff for watching you." <laughs> this was basically just babysitting pretty much and so the old man was like i have brought this thing up this child this adult this princess lady for 20 years and never once has she done anything wrong so this ain't her look somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) she might be glowing she might be trying to fade into the shadows right now so she's not outside yet she's still inside but the house like the door slid open and there was the glowing lady (laughs) and they were like you want yep, to explain that's that? Her. <laughs> and she's like, I don't want to leave. And the old man's like, can I go too? And they're like, no. Are you glowing? <laughs> I don't think so. Only glowing people are allowed here. <laughs> so the princess gives 
the old man her embroidered outer garment as a keepsake. And um, the being in the chariot has a coat of wings and a vial with the elixir of life that he gives to the princess. And she drinks, like, a tiny bit of the elixir and then tries to give the rest to her foster father. But it is promptly stopped. No. Um, Before the wing was... the, The coat of wing was placed upon her... She said, wait, I have to write a letter to my really good friend, the Emperor. <laughs> my BFF. My, my Biff, the Emperor, while I'm still a human. And she's like, hold up. And everyone's waiting for her to write a letter. So she placed the elixir of life with the letter and asked the old man to deliver them to the Emperor. And then they left into the sky. On a wing Um. Princess Moonlight's letter was carried to the palace. And his majesty was too afraid to touch the elixir of life. So he sent it with the letter to the top of the most sacred mountain in the land, Mount Fuji. And there the royal emissaries burnt it on the summit at sunrise. So to this day, which isn't actually like this day, but like when this was written, people say there is smoke to be seen rising from the top of Mount Fuji to the clouds. So back when it was an active volcano. And then it erupted. The end. And then the world ended. So this is basically like... Aliens. Why does the mountain have smoke? Well, let me tell you. That is a very long-winded explanation. I know. I was like, what's the moral of this? Where are we? And that was it. But it was still a really cool story. The moral is don't marry people who camp out of your house for months. Also, if you have children, let them make their own decisions. Yes. Um... Studio Ghibli did make a movie based off of this called The Tale of Princess Kaguya in 2013. I haven't seen it it's personally. It's so good. So, if you I like, like that, it. Yeah, if you like that story, I'd check out that movie. Go watch it. It's pheno- not as good as Jessica's retailing, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Did you like my story? I loved it. I loved both of them. I love the angsty queen. <laughs> and I. She's so BA. <laughs> And I enjoy the the no. The strong, <laughs> independent moon child. <laughs> Me. <laughs> so that's all I have. Okay. I can't wait for yours. <laughs> Woo! Yes. So, royalty. Do you want to know what I drew? What? I drew the paranormal. <gasps> yes! Oh my gosh, when I was younger... I would always check out those, like, ghost books from elementary school that would always have, like, haunted locations. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was kind of cheesy. Yes. And I always loved the ones about castles and stuff. Castles. Yes. Well, I'm doing more um, recent, I guess. Okay. That's cool, too. I like ghosts. (laughs) I like the ghosts. So, I'm doing the royal family. Kind of. Ooh. Yeah, but they're fancy palaces. So I did two palaces that are owned by the royal family today. So Elizabeth II. Okay. So the first place that I did was the Palace of Holyrood House. Holyrood House. So That's a rude house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so the Holyrood House has been a royal resident since 1369. That's not a real year. <laughs> right? Ah, <laughs> uh, Sorry, my nose itches. It's hard to think about years like that. 
I know, right? It's so long ago. I know, since Jamestown was only found. <laughs> the fact that I know Jamestown was founded in 1607. <laughs> So it is located in Edinburgh, Scotland. Thank you. <laughs> Edinburgh. <laughs> I always say it wrong. It's Edinburgh. Edinburgh. <laughs> Edinburgh. <laughs> so I also did a Scotland place. <gasps> yeah. Which is already apparently a crazy haunted city to begin with. Because let me tell you. Tell me. <laughs> Edinburgh. It's so freaking haunted, it's insane. Everywhere is like itching with spirits. It's go. Gross. Anyways, to begin with, however, the palace was actually first constructed as an Augustinian abbey in 1128. Fake. By Fake David I, who was also the son of St. Margaret of Scotland. According to legend, the abbey was built on top of a site where the king had a vision of a cross glowing between the antlers of a white stag while he was out hunting on Holy Cross Day. To be honest, I would think I would, it would make more sense to become a vegetarian or vegan or something like that. But I guess we all have our things. Some people go vegetarian when they see a glowing cross when they're out hunting on Holy Cross Day, while others build a massive abbey. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> I was looking at your notes, and I just saw tomato, tomato. <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> I know that saying. That's not how it goes. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, I write out my jokes because... Tomato, when I, tomato. Because when I'm reading these things, I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> The dumb jokes are the best, though. I know. <laughs> I write down some of them, but not all, not all of them. Oh, yeah, Sam. I like to be <laughs> fake, fresh, and fun. <laughs> fake, fresh, and fun? My three middle names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Anyways, we shouldn't record in a pillow for it. <laughs> yep. We also shouldn't record at midnight. It's not midnight yet. It's, it's 11.48. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I go to bed by 9.30. I'm a student. I go to bed at 2. <laughs> Thus, we live different lives. <laughs> You're right. Anyways, <laughs> jumping to 1437. Fake. <laughs> Fake fashion fun. <laughs> 1437- snorted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So Edinburgh became the capital of Scotland. And when you're royalty, you deserve the best of the best. Obviously. One monarch after the other would file through the generations, and each seemed to find the royal chambers in, at the abbey to be far more cozy to that of the drafty and damp chambers in the Edinburgh Castle. I mean, who's in charge there? They might need to invent insulation for homes or something, <laughs> but instead, they didn't. They just moved to the abbey, and the poor monks were soon kicked out. Okay, that's not cool. Right? Anyway, there was one person who started the ball for most of the big changes that were done to the palace slash abbey, and that was King James IV of Scotland. Eager to impress his new queen, Margaret Tudor, Margaret. <laughs> I know, I was like, wait, Margaret? Mar <laughs> Mar <laughs> get the gun. I was like... That's not right. Uh, Something wait, isn't right. Something here. there. 
Enar. Enar. Mar, get the ice cream. I want ice cream so bad. Anyways. Queen Margaret Tudor. And he he had the Abbey greenhouse converted into a palace um, full of necessary things to impress the queen. Okay. Whatever that may be. <laughs> so he changed the greenhouse into like a full on like... like chamber full of plush everything. Cool. You know, and gold and jewels and mirrors and stuff. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So in 1507, he also decided that he didn't want oceanfront property anymore. Oceanfront property. (laughs) What is it? Edinburgh. (laughs) Arizona. (laughs) I know, but he didn't live in Arizona. I couldn't remember the word. Arizona. (laughs) I did remember it. Anyways, so he didn't want oceanfront property anymore. So since he was the king, he could do whatever he wanted. So in 1507, he drained the lock outside, <gasps> which is... No water. <laughs> so <laughs> This water does not satisfy me anymore. <laughs> a lock, if you don't know the scientific term, because I know it. It's a lake. Kind of. So it's a leg. It's called the leg of the ocean. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of like a fjord. I'm sorry. So it's like a little pocket of ocean, I guess. But it's not connected to the ocean. It can be. Is that one? This one was, I think. Because the lock, where the Loch Ness Monster is also, it's still connected to the ocean. Then how come... That's why they can't find Nessie all the time. She's on vacation to America. Or at least I thought it was. (laughs) She's chilling with Champ. <laughs> Stop. Okay, so Wait. if it is it, it was connected. Okay. So it was connected point. to the ocean, and that's why it's called the lock because it's locked ocean water. There we go. It's locked ocean water inside landlocked, but it can be connected. Okay. I'm pretty sure. If I'm not, scream at me through emails. Oh lord. That's fine. I, don't I won't like read screaming. them. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yes, but I think that's right. Anyways, either way, he decided to drain it. So he drained the lock outside of his front yard Mm -mm. and created a green space instead. He placed gardens, tennis courts, and greenery for hawking and archery. It's to make up for the greenhouse he gave away. (laughs) You're right. So we know that Nessie isn't in that lock, but instead in the one next door because it's still Scotland. (laughs) I'm proud of myself. James V made an even uh, made even more improvements by build by building new lodgings in a huge tower protected by a moat because he could <laughs> because he could <laughs> even though hmm, even though if his father had kept the ocean leg full he could have you know just kept that and built a tower in the middle of that but he didn't so he built. An entire moat where water used to be anyways. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I guess. Oh, he also added a drawbridge. I forgot. Me. <laughs> However, even with this new addition to the palace grounds, it didn't stop the English because at that time, the English were different. It was separate kingdoms. Mm-hmm. 
Um, throughout the night, the 1540s, not the 1940s, the 1540s, the palace was burned and invaded, only leaving the tower as a relentless survivor. The tower has stood to witness many horrible acts of history. It, it was in this tower that kept Mary, the Queen of Scots, in 1566, as she witnessed the brutal murder of her accused lover, David Rizzo, who was her Italian secretary. Ooh. He was stabbed 56 times by a group led by Mary's husband, Lord Darnley. Not ooh. It is claimed that his bloodstains can still be seen in the Northwest <sighs> Tower today, because no matter how hard they try to get rid of them, they always seem to reappear. Ugh. And there are pictures of it online. And I it's hate that. Creepy. It's like tangent a little bit. But it's like when people can pass away and people don't find them for a really long time. And so they decompose and they leave like little stains. Yeah. Ugh. Kind of like water damage. Yeah, but it's body gunk damage. <laughs> yes. But it was even weirder, though, because the body didn't stay there. I know, it was just blood. Yeah. Must be porous rock. It was in wood. (gasps) Porous wood. (laughs) Those pores are so big. Lord Darnley is also said to haunt the palace within his old rooms. He is believed to have met a gruesome end after an explosion destroying his living quarters. Ooh. By rebels. And uh, mobs. Oh, yeah. Because he wasn't the nicest fella. Okay. In 1679, the palace was rebuilt as an elegant, symmetrical Renaissance palace designed by architect Sir William Bruce. It now is a summer getaway for the royal family where the queen enters thousands of entertains thousands of guests and is open to visitors all year round which includes that of ghosts. <laughs> the sound- ghosts are on the guest list. <laughs> I sound like a pamphlet. <laughs> a flyer. Um, one spirit that is said to haunt the palace grounds is that of Agnes Sampson, who was accused for being a witch during the 1590s. Uh. Witch hunt. She mm. was sentenced to death and was killed on January 28, 1591, Cursing the court as she passed. Over centuries later, witnesses have reported seeing Agnes naked with visible signs <laughs> of torture walking through the chambers and corridors. Uh, cor- corridors. <laughs> corridors! I can't talk. Mm-hmm. Of the Hollywood Palace. Because they tortured her to get her to confess that That's she was so a witch. sad. Witch trials are such a sad thing. I know. They're absolutely ridiculous. I don't like people. (laughs) People are trash sometimes. I know. Yet I love people. It's annoying. Yeah, they're not trash all the time. But some people are really trash. I know. Ugh. Yeah. So those are the ghosts. (laughs) Yay. Is that it? We got more? uh Uh-huh. I have one more place. Yes. So the Sandringham House. That sounds right. Yep. Is... A house that sits on a 20,000-acre estate location in Norfolk, England. Okay. So it's huge! It's a lot of green space. It has been used for over 150 years by four generations of the English royal family. 
The house has seen many historical events and has was also the location of the deaths of three kings, King Edward the Seventh in nineteen oh one, King George the Fifth in nineteen thirty five, and King George the Sixth in nineteen fifty two. Wow. The house was also um, the site for the first radio broadcasting of the Royal Christmas Message given by King George V in 1932. That's cool. Which is important because this is their Christmas lodge, like their Christmas lodge where they go and do mm-hmm. all of their Christmas stuff. And that's when all of the hauntings seem to happen. It was around and Christmas? That's, and that's where they get worse. Ooh. So like it's normal haunted throughout the year, but at Christmas it gets wild and whack apparently. Fun. Mm-hmm. Fake, fresh, and fun. Me. <laughs> this is not all the house is known for, though. The house has also long been known for its poltergeist activity. No, thank you. Yeah, as well as its other fate encounters. Because apparently a lot of um, fairies or, like, different, um, I guess, creatures that involve the fae mm-hmm. happen around the gardens and forest around the house. Which is really interesting. There's a lot of fairy circles and things like that. Ooh. Which is, if you don't know, a fairy circle is like rocks or mushrooms mushrooms or things like that that uh, are unnaturally Mm -hmm. created in a circle. Don't step in them. Yeah, because either you can instantly die in some cases or you get transported to uh, the fairy realm. And if Which you do, you dangerous. don't eat the food. Yes, because then you're trapped forever for torture. Because they torture you. Because they're not nice people. It's not like Tinkerbell fairies. Nope. The fairies it's are crazy. Fae. You definitely need to respect them. If they're real. I believe they're real. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't test things. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're real in some stories. And stories have to come from something. when walking through the servants quarters it is prudent for you to be aware of what season it may be because if it's Christmas time be careful for it seems that the spirits who reside in this part of the house do not seem to care for Christmas cards and they are known to be thrown and to scatter uh, scattered around the area so you will have the Grinches yes they will throw Christmas cards at you Oh, no. That's scary. Yeah, I wouldn't be down for that. Blankets are also known to be pulled off of beds. And something Ugh. is also known for breathing down people's necks. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. I hate that. That's Don't like that. not the Christmas hello I am wanting <laughs> when I go for Christmas vacation. Other old parts of the palace are dark and little used. According to one account, Prince Charles, this is a quote. According to an account, Prince Charles and his valet once went exploring in an old wing of the palatial building in search of old prince. They suddenly both felt very cold and had the feeling that somebody or something was following them. Neither saw anything, but the experience was quite unnerving. End quote. <laughs> okay. Same. They were like, it was scary. Like we didn't see nothing, but like, didn't it was like cold. it. <laughs> didn't like it. Won't go back. <laughs> Don't make me do it again. I won't. Not cool, man. 
The library, on the other hand, is reported to be one of the most haunted rooms in the palace. Oh. Books are known to go flying off the shelves. Mumbling can be heard at times. And the hands of an old clock are known to move by themselves in ra- in a rapid, unclock-like pace. So okay. it'll just start spinning. I was going to say, normally the hands on a clock move by themselves. <laughs> like, That's kind of what a clock it's kind of. It doesn't what have to be does. digital. Okay. I understand we live in a world of digital clocks. But no, it'll just start spinning really, really That's fast. Fun. That's fun. And you're just watching. You're like, did I step into a fairy circle? <laughs> I don't remember. What time is it? Quick. I'm confused. It's five o'clock somewhere. (laughs) Anyways, the most frightening spot in the house is the Sergeant Footman's corridor on the second floor. Most of the royal employees are also afraid to work in the are so afraid to work in this area that they clean the part of the house in pairs or even in small groups. It was a group project. (laughs) Quote. According to reports, light switches are turned on and off. Footsteps are heard walking down the corridor. The doors are heard opening and closing. They also report hearing a terrifying noise like a wheezing sound. That it's just re- me laughing. <laughs> that resembles a huge, grotesque lung bringing, breathing in and out. That's what I meant. It's me laughing. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> if I heard wheezing behind me, I would... You just hear someone go like... <laughs> it's like Wheezy from the freaking Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> that poor toy. <laughs> was so sad. And then we just never heard from him again. I know he sang his little ditty at the end of the movie. Right, and that was it. Never seen. Bye, Weezy. I guess the dog got him. (laughs) Quote again: Members of the royal family died there in the 19th century, and more recently, one of Queen Elizabeth's loyal retainers, Tony Jared, the queen's favorite steward, died there in the cellar in 1996. Rumor has it that the queen herself has seen Jared at the house, although, as usual with the royal family, no one will speak publicly about it, nor is Jared the only ghost Her Majesty has seen in, in her long life. Oh, so she's seeing ghosts. So she just she ain't telling us. she believes in ghosts. She just ain't telling us because she's all queenly and queenlies can't be like, ooh, ghost. Queenlies? They're, they're queenlies. So am I a queenly? No. I'm a queen. Because we'll never be royals. Is that it? That's it. I like your stories. My cute, petite stories. They have ghosts. Well, I'm glad they were cute and petite because mine surely wasn't. Yours was chunky. (laughs) Mine was a chunky, thick boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's so gross. (laughs) Anyways. You're welcome. Yes. Anyways, yes, royals, royalty. Woo! I'm royal. Pain in the <laughs> behind. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> yes, sorry, we're cleaning out Ooster so we yeah, can draw. We keep Ooster with all of our 
previous notes. <laughs> because I need to get a file folder. Yes. Well, do you want to rock, paper, scissors, or... Yes. Oh, do we want to tell them what we're doing next? Let's yes. date. Let's date. Let's see. We randomly generated Nebraska. Nebraska. It's What's in Nebraska? Trees. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> My family. Really? Yeah, I have oh. some family in Nebraska. That's pretty cool. My mom was caught in a tornado in Nebraska. Fun. Mm-hmm. We could talk about that more on our Nebraska episode. That. Okay, let's rock, paper, scissors. I'm always going for the south. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ah. <laughs> the north winds. I tried to get you with the double scissors and it didn't work. I told you I have a secret to that game. Then how come you don't always win? <laughs> because I don't always pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Pick yours. Are all the bits in here? Yes, I counted. Okay. All the bits. All the bits. Oh. Okay. Are you good? Yeah. You seem disappointed. No, I'm not. Okay. This will be cool. Anyways. Yes. So we're doing Nebraska. I'm really excited to learn about a state that I don't know anything about. You don't know about most states, apparently. I know. <laughs> but well, you know what's weird? I was really good at geography, <laughs> like, in ninth grade. I was horrible at geography because I can't memorize. I am no good at memorizing either. Which is really funny that you were good at geography. <sighs> I was so good at it. you've never been anywhere. I've never been and anywhere. And I've been a lot of places. And I'm just now getting the hang of geography. I was better with, like, world geography than, like, U.S. geography. Oh, I'm better at U.S. geography. I'm much better at European geography now since I've been there, studied abroad there, and had to know that place. <laughs> Australia was the only place I was good at. It's the only one <laughs> I got 100 on. That one. <laughs> No, there are quadrants. There are places. There yeah, are I don't know any of that. So until then, we'll catch you on the flip flop. You know, the high flop. side. We'll try to get the next episode out. Um, hopefully by normal time, since our oh, schedule no, is it put will out be out. It will be out. It will be out. We got this. Yes, we got this. We'll just record a lot at once. Yes, and then it'll and be great. Until then. Follow us on our social media on Twitter and at and on Instagram at Aceyota. And our personal stuff is uh, linked there. Um, yes. And also send us all of your fun, fun, exciting stories. We're trying to do a listener's episode here pretty soon. Yeah. So if you have ghost stories, if you have paranormal stories, if you have just fun stories. Oh, ghost and paranormal are the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't true, even catch it. You're good. True crime, psychology, history, anything you think interesting, anything you think we should learn. Anything you want to tell us. Tell us your secrets. I would love to <gasps> tell learn Tell us your secrets. secrets so we can tell the world. <laughs> we won't Give release us- your name. It's yeah. fine. But we want to know your secrets. Please. 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 Send it. Send them. Do it. Do it now. Do it. Do it right now. You're at your computer, now. at your phone. That means you're one step closer to sending it to our email at asayotapodcast at gmail.com.
Go type it in. That's A-C-E-A-O-T-A podcast.com. At gmail.com. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm tired, my dudes. We love you. Okay. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Hee-hee. Angrily (laughs) hee-hees. Right? Or men, 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 men in tights, tight tights. I'm sure that's what they sung about when they were fighting people. What if? No. <laughs> this isn't constipation. You can't just do that. That takes a lot of strength. <laughs> Internal strength. She has abs of apparently <laughs> a pelvic floor of steel. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, well, my dad wanted to name me Luna because I was so white. <laughs> and you glowed. <laughs> I glowed in the moonlight. And he goes, I saw a comet when you were born. I should have taken that chance. <laughs> uh.